I think by having this Fresh Roots mobile market come in, it's really ignited this, um, I guess, like as an outsider, this understanding that, you know, it's not about, and this was my ignorance to it, it's, it's not about people not wanting to eat healthy, it's that they don't have the access to and I and starting to see this change and this growth and, yeah, I mean, we just need to get people good mm-hmm. food mm-hmm. with dignity. Hi, I'm Naomi Mahaffey, and welcome to PAUSE, an Alberta Social Innovation Connect podcast. We invite partners and collaborators to pause from their busy work and sit down together to reflect on what they're learning as they seek to address the root causes of complex problems in their communities. It seems like many Albertans these days, particularly perhaps those of us in urban centres, are foodies. We take pride and joy in our city's diverse food offerings, including an expanding array of health foods and local and organic produce. Not all of us have the same opportunities when it comes to food, however. Urban sprawl, financial disparity, and transportation access make it more challenging for many residents to purchase affordable and nutritious food on a regular basis. In today's episode, we chat with Rob Ironside and Leslie Steves about the evolution of fresh roots a community-driven grocery store on wheels that is increasing access to fresh fruits and vegetables in underserved neighborhoods and communities. Fresh Roots is, in their own words, a not-for-profit social enterprise that is focused on creating new, innovative ways of providing healthy and affordable food to as many Canadians as possible, especially those who need it most. This organization empowers people to make healthier choices without breaking the bank, by meeting them where they are with fresh, affordable, and nutritious food. They take their mobile grocery store to a variety of locations, such as universities, underserved neighborhoods, and indigenous communities, always working alongside a community partner to build relationships and sell their produce. Elise sat down with Rob and Leslie to reflect on factors contributing to the rapid growth of fresh roots, what that journey has been like, and the impact they're seeing in their community. Here's their conversation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our guests. Today in the studio, we have Rob Ironside and Leslie Steves. Both of you are a part of Fresh Roots in different ways. So could each of you please introduce yourself along with the role you play at Fresh Roots? Awesome. Uh, My name is Rob. Uh, I am a co-founder at Fresh Roots. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I am Leslie Steves, a dietitian at a Sitsuka Health Center. Wonderful. And I'm going to get you to just jump into a little bit of an overview of Fresh Roots so that everybody knows what we're talking about. All right. Uh, Fresh Roots is a social enterprise that is finding new and innovative ways of of connecting individuals and communities with healthy and affordable food. So uh, we currently have a mobile grocery store, uh, which is either we have a mobile grocery store bus, uh, which we're launching this year, as well as uh, like a uh, modular one that that's done out of reefer trucks mm-hmm. uh, where we bring 20 to 35 uh, produce items and a handful of dry goods uh, to roughly uh, 15 to 18 communities around Calgary and we're up to about 10 communities in Edmonton um, trying to make uh, you know healthy whole nutritional uh, ingredients uh, available affordable and 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 do it in a dignified way amazing 
Totally That's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're nodding. You agree. Stoked. <laughs> so stoked. Always stoked on fresh roots. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you start Fresh Roots? Why? What were the needs of the community you were responding to? Yeah, well, I, I wish I could say like, oh, I had this brilliant idea and I just built it. And just <laughs> An apple fell it. on I my head. Just, <laughs> like wrote out this amazing plan. Uh, no, we actually um, spun it out of an organization, a local charity called Leftovers. Uh, Leftovers is a food waste reduction organization. Take, I mean, essentially keeping good food out of landfill uh, and trying to uh, you know, do the most impact in the community that we can. So they support a lot of local um, agencies that do amazing work. So Boys and Girls Club, youth centers, drop-ins, um, shelters, whatever we can do with the food to, to, to maximize its impact. But the world of food waste is very different than the world of food access and food security or reducing food waste. Um, there, people kind of feel like they're the same and you can solve one problem with the other, mm. but you cannot. Uh, they are very complex <laughs> issues. Um, and there's also just like the dynamic of that where it's like we're going to take the, 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 the not, the, you know, the things that people don't want or aren't eating and, and just, I mean, it's still amazing food and I eat it all the time. Uh, but uh, there's, there's like a dynamic there. And mm-hmm. so uh, we had this opportunity to partner with the city of Calgary and the housing program in the summer of 2018. Um, just to, to like pilot a thing around food access and food security. And, and so we took that opportunity. We got a small truck on the road. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. And then, you know, we did it throughout the summer. We were serving four communities, mm-hmm. two of them. We're doing eight stops a month, uh, doing four communities. So two, two communities a week on a biweekly schedule. And, uh, yeah, we just kept getting phone calls and emails. People were like, hey, can you bring this to our community? Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? And we're like, oh, maybe we'll figure it out. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, sure. We'll figure that out. Mm-hmm. And then um, the winter came, and they're like, you guys can't leave. We need you guys here year-round. And we're like, ah, oh, <laughs> winter kind of sucks here. Um, and then, well, okay, we'll figure it out. And so we came up with this way to do it indoor-outdoor and found indoor locations. And, and then by uh, January of uh, 2019, we're like, hey, there's something here. Like, we don't – we. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of scratching the surface. We're, we're hearing from the community how much of a needed program this is. Um, and so we, we incorporated Fresh Roots uh, at the beginning of 2019, uh, separated it out as a nonprofit because leftovers had charitable status, and then you're getting into some of the nitty-gritty of governance and charitable mm-hmm. status and registered charitable objectives and earned income activities, mm-hmm. uh, which was a fun learning experience. And the, the outcome of that was that it was too big of an initiative to run under leftovers as an organization because of their of their registered charitable objectives right. being in food waste, not in food access and food security. And so then we, we created a whole new organization, Fresh Roots, and then uh, started to invest in it and grow it. And so uh, yeah, at the, yeah, at the beginning of 2019, we were probably by that point in Oh, uh, maybe like six communities, and uh, now uh, just starting 2020, we're in approximately mm-hmm. 30. So wow, um, yeah, and we're just we're 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 scaling at that rate constantly. So yeah, um, yeah apparently people like uh, affordable food on their doorstep. Yeah, so it works well. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah, that's so fantastic. That's where we came from. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's a big scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes with its challenges for sure. Yeah. <laughs> And what current communities does Fresh Roots operate in? Whereabouts are um, So specifically in Calgary, um, so we have an amazing, amazing team in Edmonton doing such amazing work there that I am not uh, as, 
uh, up to date with the work that they're like the names of the locations that they're working in um, but they're doing very similar work and so in general what that looks like for now mm -hmm. is uh, post-secondary so students um, recently read a report that like over one-third of students in at the UFC are food insecure um, there's also another opportunity there with post-secondary students where it's for most people it's uh, the first time in your life that you're responsible for your relationship with food and so you're starting to like learn those habits around um, you know meal planning and, and your own eating habits mm -hmm. and, and what mm -hmm. that happens and so there's a huge opportunity to start to start that relationship with hey we have a grocery store that only sells healthy stuff when it's on your doorstep it's mm -hmm. affordable Mm -hmm. um, and then over time, hopefully develop that relationships with the universities and with post-secondary to improve that service and try to work with post-secondaries or students to um, set them up for life so that we mm -hmm. don't end up in the situations that we're in and some of these other communities that we work with. Mm -hmm. um, so that's more like a preventative population that also is struggling with food security. Um, so it's kind of a unique opportunity there for us. Uh, we work with a lot of seniors, uh, people with mobility and accessibility issues, um, you know, people who don't own cars, newcomers. Um, you know, places where, where people, we try to find high density areas where people are struggling mm -hmm. with that, that, that food security piece. And so, um, yeah, so right now what that looks like is a, a, we've partnered with the Calgary Housing and we work with a, an amazing team of city social workers at uh, these Calgary housing units. Mm -hmm. uh, we work with Mount Royal Bovalley College and UFC currently with some of the other universities on the way. Um, we partner with uh, First Nations communities. So, uh, we have done work with Sutina, uh, Stony Nakoda, Siksika, and Stony Trail. Mm -hmm. um, again, waiting to, to add some more equipment to serve <laughs> them on a more regular basis, uh, but uh, continuing to grow those that work and those partnerships. Yep. Um, other than that, yeah, we work with community associations. Um, yeah, anybody where we can find like a, a strong partnership to. Mm -hmm. you know to, to bring the service to people so mm -hmm. whoever is uh listening and, and wants and thinks that's them just uh feel free to reach out yeah <laughs> nice that's yeah. what i did yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean most of our growth so far has been through word of mouth people emailing us mm -hmm. um so we haven't we've never done a formal like request or or gone out into community and like asked for recommendations we've only really just followed up with the people that that connected with us so um, mm -hmm. If you, yeah, if you want to be in top of the line, email me first. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that's that so good. works. Yeah. yeah, we can put your contact information in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody yeah. listening, uh, yeah, send you an email. email. No worries. Yeah. Just at Fresh Roots on any social media platform, mm -hmm. and I'll see it. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> there we go. I don't even have to put it in the show notes mm -hmm. now. <laughs> so speaking of the communities that you're working within, I know Leslie, you were just mentioning before this some of the impact that Fresh Roots has the mm -hmm. um, on the different communities and the people within that. Could you talk a bit about that? Mm -hmm. So I heard about fresh roots to the grapevine and I heard about this bus that delivers fresh fruits and veggies mm -hmm. right to your doorstep and uh, it was linking this gap that I was seeing in my service of connecting, trying to connect people to healthy and affordable food and the inability to do that. So really the inability to do my job. Mm -hmm. So I call Rob up and all of a sudden the bus is there like a week later, nice. which is totally awesome. And we both were like, okay, we don't know really how it's going to work. Uh, we don't even know if we have funding to support this, but Rob's just like, hey, we'll do it, we'll be there. Mm -hmm. And we've kind of navigated it ever since. But I think with like a lot of First Nation communities, um, we see that they're kind of the forgotten uh, and very rarely are they given a choice as to what foods uh, they want to have at their table. So now this market has really 
provided connection for the community so Mm -hmm. when the bus shows up you see the family there the kids are picking out the fruits and veggies they want to have and then we're talking afterwards about like what meals they're going to make and uh, Mm -hmm. again like we're empowering these individuals to you know take their health under their own Mm -hmm. control which is pretty pretty amazing just by Mm -hmm. having the bus show up really doing nothing but facilitating the schedule yeah Uh, and we're seeing huge improvements in um I think relationships with food, access to food, uh, the need and want. I think a lot of times there's a misconception about choices that people are making, but once you give them this access and the choice to whatever they're wanting, um, mm-hmm. you see the direct change in their health. So, yeah. And it's a lot different than a lot of other programs that have been run out there because usually they're just given a box of fresh fruits and veggies. And sometimes there's things that they're not aware of in there, which is like a cool learning experience. But again, um, you know, when a rutabaga shows up in my <laughs> grocery <laughs> cart and I'm not familiar with how to cook with it or use yeah. it, usually we see food waste or it's just given away and, um, mm-hmm. you know, now we're yeah. given an opportunity around that. Yeah. So that was a great, great example of a <laughs> vegetable. Is rutabaga a vegetable? <laughs> I don't even think I've ever cooked with one. So, <laughs> yeah, I would have the same experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I, mean, uh, I mean, as we grow and, and as we scale our... our our service and 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 learn and, and can do stuff. I mean, I mean, I, the idea of making it as culturally appropriate as we can is is something that is very like attached. Well, is is hopefully something we can achieve. Mm-hmm. Right now, we have one vehicle, and so we kind of got to stick to the basics because we're bringing mm-hmm. it to you know so many different cultures, so many different communities. Um, but you know, when we have hopefully three, four, five, like one of them can specialize in First Nations communities and just serve mm-hmm. First Nations communities all week. Another one can specialize in, you know, immigrant or newcomer communities and and, and, and for us to be able to curate, you know, produce that is that is culturally like appropriate to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a really, from an operational challenge right now, that's logistically very challenging because uh, we can only carry so many items and that, that mm-hmm. same set has to serve, you know, for so that we're not wasting a bunch. Right. Um, every community that we're in, but as we grow in scale, there's a huge opportunity for us to to rely on on Leslie for that information. Like, what what we can curate that? Like, what what will people actually know how to use, or or how can we incorporate it more into these cooking programs that you're doing, or what else can we do to bring something that brings value to this community? And and then you know, for the most part, what's going to work in Siksika is going to work in Satina, and so then we can bring it to different communities and mm-hmm. um, and be able to, to to hone in on on better services as we grow. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely a huge part of it is that we're not going to bring I mean <laughs> when we know that we're going out to First Nations communities if we have some from the day before like if we bought some eggplant let's say mm-hmm. the day before it'll just be on the truck it'll be there it'll come out it won't get bought uh, mm-hmm. in any First Nation community for the most part um, but we can also try to focus on the things that we know will and mm-hmm. and uh, and then yeah we get a lot of questions where people come up specifically in, in First Nations communities like what is that like that's oh, an eggplant because <laughs> uh, it's just not a common thing that you see they're not used yeah. to it so it's uh, definitely an opportunity to to listen to community and mm-hmm. t- to uh, rely on on our amazing community partners so uh, on a side note about Fresh Fruits is that we do not go into any community unless we have a community partner mm-hmm. um, we are we need somebody in that community for a lot of reasons like it, it plays a huge role in the success of each location I mean they're already trusted they're already known and they already have established communication channels they already have a layout of the land there's no way we could mo- like navigate that across all the different populations mm-hmm. that we work with and so just to like play that what we'd rather do is build a system that 
um, you know, is based around collaboration. And so it's like, look, we have this service. How do we make it applicable to your world and to your community? Um, and and listen to them and get that feedback because I mean we everything that we've learned and everything that we've improved upon in the last year and a half came from feedback from our community partners like hey this is what we need to see this is what will work they already have established communication channels and so it's like we don't have to build all this so we were able to get the word out and communicate with people and to do all this stuff mm-hmm. um, that we need to do um, and to make it a success and and to honestly build that ownership level like we do want communities to to feel like they have a level of ownership over it and and that it is something that they have influence over and um, it's not just something that we just roll up and here it is as it is and it's like no if it's not working it's not working let's figure out what actually will work so yeah um, everything that fresh fruits is came from feedback and requests and and knowledge from people who work in those communities like Leslie mm-hmm. um, and they just bring that element to it that makes it what it is. Because otherwise it's just like vegetables in a truck. Right? <laughs> and so that, that uniqueness comes from, from, the, from the community for sure. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Um, you've probably already mentioned some of the answers to this question, but what is that ideal change that you want to see made in the community? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think best to, to say, what's that deal change that you want to see in the community? Because the change is going to be done by them; it's not yeah. us, mm-hmm. right? We're just a we're yeah. just a service. The actual change is 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 that community partner and, mm-hmm. and working with them. So, no, totally. And I think I should state that I'm not indigenous, and that mm-hmm. really I'm connecting these great access and resources to our elders, to our knowledge mm-hmm. keepers, and to the community. And what is so cool with Fresh Roots is that they are super innovative, so they allow us to name the market in Blackfoot. Mm -hmm. They allow us to have a farmer stand alongside and sell his produce. So I think the change that I would say I'm speaking, like from my personal view of it, Mm -hmm. uh, is really to empower these people again. And also I think to have them, again, with this dignified choice and allowing for everyone to guess what, you can purchase your fruits and veggies. It's not uh, handed out by the government. Mm -hmm. It's really... Uh, I guess self-driven so you have this like yeah this connection around food that we always say like well I always stand from the point that food is not just what you put in your body but it's really this connection with your emotional mental physical Mm -hmm. and spiritual well-being and it's really cool because one of there's many programs going out in Sitsuka and this one is allowing us to bring people back to the table and back together around it and really reconnecting with these traditional cultural ways like this if you think back to it this is like the ways that the First Nations were living so to have this opportunity where we can kind of reconnect with that is I think pretty pretty amazing so that would be like my dreams mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. this like yeah food access dignity yeah mm-hmm. great dreams yeah totally. <laughs> yeah but I don't know Rob usually says it in a nice way so you should probably build off that yeah no pressure uh, <laughs> I mean we just had like a bunch of meetings over the break when things were a bit slower for us where we're like hey we've been doing this for a year now we've kind of internally had mm-hmm. these conversations around who who are we and what are we what are we standing for and so it's a balance between like so personally if you ask myself it's like I'm really interested now in 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 that relationship like in a community's relationship with food and an individual's relationship with food from like a personal level but then you know as a team we're sitting around we're discussing and somebody brought up like well a relationship with food is super complex it's spiritual it's mental mm-hmm. it's physical it's it's your DNA it's your upbringing it's your culture it's there's so many pieces there and that's 
I mean, playing a role in, in trying to like understand and, and what what a healthy relationship with food looks like for each community is a good like personal endeavor. But from an organizational perspective, you can't. <laughs> that's not a good. <laughs> you shouldn't just bite that off. Like that's not <laughs> that's where you should go. Um, so we kind of were like, okay, well, what actually? What is actually the core of what we're trying to do right now? And if we need to update later, we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, our our like our mission, not more whatever you are, why is uh, is that we believe that access to uh, affordable food should be a basic human right. And, mm-hmm. and we're seeing too many communities that uh, are struggling with that. And so if we just start with access, um, access and affordability, doing it in a dignified way, uh, that is, you know, that as an organization, you can, you can wrap yourself around mm-hmm. that and, and use that as like, as a, as a tool and like, hey, you know what, is this too much of a drift? Is this not? Um, do we want to do this project? Do we not? And so we need we need these tools to be able to make those strategic decisions, mm-hmm. um, and so that's a lot more specific. It's like, yes, we would love to play a bigger role in helping people establish that healthy relationship with food. However, there are amazing people already out there doing that. There's dietitians. There's 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 health centers. There's mm-hmm. the work that Leslie's doing. There's the work that all of these other community organizations, city social workers, um, everybody that's they're doing this amazing work. Um, and, and it all ties into that, right? Mm-hmm. Like the health of, the, it's, it's the health of a community and the role that food plays in it. Um, mm-hmm. And so as Fresh Roots, we can say, look, we want to be a part of the discussion. We want to be in the room. Uh, we're going to stick to access and affordability. Mm-hmm. So scaling that, building that, mm-hmm. bringing on as many communities as we can to do that yeah. is, a great, uh, is a great starting point for us. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, and as we're talking about that um, scaling and such, we just talked about a bit before our conversation about what you're seeing in other communities and them following the model of Fresh Roots. Um, so, I mean, Sick is a great example of somebody who's just super invested in, and can really take it and make their own. Um, we have other examples, you know, just partnering with different groups. So whether it's the student union at Mount Royal or if it's the financial wellness team at Bow Valley College or um, yeah and what they're doing to like to, to leverage the, the this platform that we're bringing mm-hmm. and so uh, in Satina they're they're giving away a voucher to fresh roots if you come and get your flu shot and so it's like something that's good for your health and good for your community mm-hmm. and they're incentivizing it with health so it's like health incentivizing health which is for us is n- never something that we're like you know it would be a really good idea <laughs> Uh, if we if we incentivize like flu shots with healthy food, it's like that was never something that we thought we were going to do, mm-hmm. um, and it's never something that I would have come up with because I don't work in those communities. I don't think about how do I get people in this community to take their flu shot. Like that's just not mm-hmm. a, like something that crosses my desk. And so, uh, being able to encourage and to to ask for that and to like empower communities mm-hmm. that we work with to do that work uh, is amazing. And so. Um, we have some new partnerships coming up, and they're doing unique things. So, uh, you know, we launched um, in Edmonton, and we're hoping to scale it a lot more across Alberta as, as a partnership with Boardwalk. And so, Boardwalk mm-hmm. is a is a local property management group. They, in from my my opinion, they, they specialize in in you know affordable housing for families mm-hmm. and a lot of newcomers and stuff. And so, the demographic that we want to serve is very aligned. Um, and so, they're using it as like rental incentive. And, and they're using it to be competitive in a market. So they're saying, look, come to our, or the, this is the hope or the pitch to them, I guess. Man, if they're listening, <laughs> I can't wait to onboard you. Because yeah. we're, we're just kind of working it out. But we have launched in Edmonton. We have one location in Edmonton that is at a boardwalk building. And, and we're learning from that. 
Um, but the staff come out and volunteer when we set up there. And so for them, the boardwalk staff get to build rapport with uh, the tenants of their building and they can use it as a rental incentive. They can use it as a marketing tool so that they can leverage boardwalk properties over other apartments. Like if you're comparing two properties and, they're, mm-hmm. and you're trying to choose your new apartment, you're like, well, this one's got a gym, but this one has an affordable grocery store that comes once a week. Yeah. You know, and so that, that that's just another thing that they can do differently. And yeah. um, I mean, it, the investment from them pays dividends in in, in huge, you know, value to their tenants mm-hmm. um, from cost savings, from you know, saving the trips, from community building, from reduced isolation, getting to know your neighbors. Like, there's just so many different things that you can do mm-hmm. in our seniors' communities, um, building community and and getting to know your neighbors. And and like I, I you know, especially in marginalized senior communities, isolation is a huge issue. And so leveraging that once a week, people are going to come out and get their groceries anyways. What else can we do in that space? Um, so we had a busker come out for a few weeks and just like play music at one of our locations um, just to kind of like foster that community. And we've heard from from people in that community. They're like, hey, I actually feel like I'm part of a community for the first time in decades. And I actually mm-hmm. get to know my neighbors and um, neighbors. If one neighbor can't make it out that week, another neighbor will buy their groceries for them and bring it to oh, them. Oh, that's so nice. Or if somebody physically, I mean, just to give an idea of some of the, like some of the people that live in these buildings, like some people, the 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 traveling of down the hallway, down an elevator, and to their social room in their own apartment building mm-hmm. and carrying groceries, one bag of groceries back that distance is enough of a barrier that they can't do it on their own. Mm-hmm. And so then they come down and then somebody else like wh- who lives in the building will help them take their groceries back up to their apartment because they can get there, mm-hmm. but they physically cannot carry a bag of groceries back up to their apartment. And so, um, you know, there's just different, oppor- different stories that we hear about that. And, and it's just... Mm-hmm. Uh, like you know, mainly through the amazing work of our community partners, that that this stuff happens because they, like Leslie, they take our, they say, hey, this guy has a service that can come out, and we're gonna like leverage it to, to achieve the the work that we want to do. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I can't wait to see who, what the next crazy idea somebody comes up with. Yeah, that's fantastic. What I'm hearing about a lot with Fresh Roots is it's having so many of these different ripple effects um, on different areas of our life, like that connecting people, empowering people, giving back dignity. Like it's more than just providing food, which I love to hear. Um, That's one of the consistencies I think that I've been most inspired with in all my conversations that I've done on pause is just hearing about how much um, purpose and intent is put behind everything that these organizations are doing. So it's just a little my personal reflection moment that I'm having here. <laughs> yeah, and I, feel, I feel the same way every week when, mm-hmm. when people tell me, I mean, like my focus on is, is on just improving the service that we have. So mm-hmm. carrying more products, improving our quality, making our displays look better, thinking about customer experience and interactions and things like that, um, which are very business-based. Um, and so my, and, and operational, and like that's just how my, my brain works. Mm-hmm. And so then, to hear these stories come through our community partners and, and firsthand from our staff and our amazing our amazing staff um, is is just super motivating. You say, look, mm-hmm. it's it's like that if you build it like that baseball reference, where it's like if you build it, the people will come or something. <laughs> is that a baseball reference? If you build it, they will come. Yeah, if you build it, they will come. And so it's like, well, if we build it and we just keep building it, mm-hmm. you know, people will come and, and just make it so much cooler than I could have ever done. So it's um, amazing. Yeah, there's there's an aspect. Uh, I'll just I'll give you a little um, mm-hmm. anecdote here. Is uh, at the end of last year, we did three or four. We did about four events that we did where they're involved, similar to what that event that Leslie and I did called Social Venture Partners. 
an opportunity to go out and engage the community and what the work that you're doing you can win prizes you can win you know investment grants you can win that kind of stuff and so we did three big ones um at the end of last year and so one of them was svp and we went out and and leslie and i were in this amazing collaboration category Mm -hmm. which i think is the way the world needs to go um and we did an amazing job and and leslie went out and said this you know told the story of this individual and and the community that she serves and, and ties it into like makes it real makes it like palatable for people and and really kind of like draws people in and then we're like and here's how we service them uh, was my part i was like and this is the service that we built right mm-hmm. just to kind of like do mm-hmm. that that whole that that complete story yeah then i think it was like a week later i went and did an event by myself and i just focused on that part like on the part that i know which is like we can put it on like with this investment we can put this on the road and serve this many people and save the community this many hundreds of thousands of dollars over this amount of time and then we just got crushed. Like we did not do good at all. And it just, like, we just didn't do, we, it did not resonate uh, with the, cause it's like, it's all head. It's all like, I mean, right? And so we don't like, you need to have like a head aspect and a heart aspect. And, and what we're focusing on is just the, like on the, on the service itself. But then, like I said, the part that really connects with people, the part mm-hmm. that makes it stand out, the part, the stories that people go, oh my God, all come from our community. Yeah. all come from the community partners and so my lesson is like i'm never doing that again i'm just gonna have somebody from our community come out and do it because <laughs> when they tell their story it's so much more powerful right um i sit in an office in calgary mm-hmm. and there's nothing exciting about that and i sit and i work on spreadsheets mm-hmm. whereas you know our community partners are the one that are actually engaging in community and mm-hmm. doing that amazing work so um without mm-hmm. the community partners n- nobody would want to talk to us <laughs> <laughs> but without you there wouldn't be community partners also it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a yeah. yeah the lesson is that like yeah. as many times as we can let's just have them tell their story because their yeah. stories are so much better than ours i don't know as soon as i heard about the bus full of like fruits and veggies bring coming to your community i was like okay it's a pretty cool story yeah <laughs> call me yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then it doesn't no, i mean I without that like community piece so like, no, I if we yeah. just brought yeah. it out to like a field somewhere people are like all right cool our project but like <laughs> cool art project is that yeah. what you said if we just like brought it to like some field but yeah. like if we bring it to a community and, and yeah. they actually make it their own yeah. now you have something yeah. oh totally mm-hmm. definitely so we just talked about some really amazing things that have come from Fresh Roots the positive stories that are coming from the community and the impact that it's having on individuals and so what have been some of the challenges and tensions that you've faced in this work that you've had to overcome <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody who's ever started anything um, kind of shares those challenges. Um, doing anything from scratch involves just a lot of work, a lot of learning. Um, I mean, it depends on which community. So it's like, which challenges, like challenges in building an organization or challenges in, in, our, in our service? And like, they're kind of two different departments, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, um, I mean, honestly, like in the grand scheme of, of what you hear in terms of challenges that people go through in terms of mm-hmm. building an organization, I think we've had it pretty easy. I mean, um, I'm one of three co-founders, mm-hmm. uh, all of us bringing a very unique um, uh, set of skills and, and, and experiences to the table, which was essential in, in building what we have. And so, um, you know, Anna uh, Johnson, who's from, was initially from Mount Royal University, now currently working out of Oxford University. Mm-hmm. Um, it, her life is in social innovation, social mapping, map, mapping social problems, um, 
understanding the role of, of different services and community and doing system analysis and and whatnot and and just the term being community led mm -hmm. uh, came from Anna, right? And and so that that understanding of, of what it's m meaningful work in community and what social innovation looks like. Um, I mean, Lourdes has been a rock star in Calgary for over a decade now, and one of the most accomplished and you know local celebrities. Um, but is so amazing at at uh, strategy and and um, relationship management and bringing on some of these like extremely. I mean. The, the initial partnership that started it all was was with Lourdes in the city, mm -hmm. and it, and and so her ability to bring that to the table, and and then my background being in, in engineering and operations and being able to, I mean, they go, it'd be really cool if we had a grocery store and a bus, and like Rob, go build it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, <laughs> okay, right, I'll okay. go build that. <laughs> They're like, here's Give the partnership, here's the here's how we're gonna like, here's the partnership, like here's the thing, <laughs> like here's the whatever, and so they brought all these pieces, mm -hmm. and then I was like, now build it, and I'm like, all right. It's like, a little harder than IKEA furniture, yeah. <laughs> um, but then just being being who we are, and, and I think anybody who wants to build anything, if you just add an element of of community wellness or good, doing good in your hood, which mm -hmm. used to be in saying that was big in Calgary like five years ago. Everybody <laughs> wore shirts like "Do good in your hood." Mm -hmm. um, if you bring an aspect of that to <laughs> to your work, uh, it makes every conversation and everything that you do a lot easier. So. From the people who built the bus to you know from the people who, mm -hmm. who fixed the bus the people who helped like you know so throughout that whole project or any of the projects that we've done um overcoming those challenges was really easy because i was able to find somebody who knew mm -hmm. what we like knew what we i needed to you know to solve and had mm -hmm. the ability to solve it uh, and at the same time was what wanted to do it mm -hmm. uh, because of what we were trying to do so and it just makes life a lot easier um when people just get on board with what you're trying to do so um yeah, I guess kind of we took it uh, took it one week at a time, mm -hmm. um, and now we're just trying to figure out you know uh, how to make it sustainable in the long term, right? And and make it a service. I mean, our intention is to build it so that it is a self sustaining entity that does not require external funding to exist, um, which a lot of nonprofits and charities end up on this <coughs> treadmill of like you fundraise get money in and that money goes in and then a big chunk of it has to go towards fundraising so that you can make more money in and you're just constantly on this treadmill um, and so the value of social enterprise or one of the main aspects of it is that you can if you can build a large chunk of what you do around um, around your own earned income um, that that you're able to, to have the impact that you want while still being not requiring that and so um, it's just you know making improving our service improving what we're doing becoming more efficient um, doing that kind of work mm -hmm. so that we're able to to do that and then when those opportunities do come along to get large mm -hmm. external funding that we just use that to scale to a new level but then we can maintain that new level with our own operations and then so that we you know we never require that mm -hmm. uh to stay because the worst the last thing that we'd ever want to do is to build like these relationships and these habits and these new norms and community and then just be like oh sorry and leave mm -hmm. right so uh our goal is to to address challenges as they come and which is what we're doing now so we have communities that aren't at volumes that are like it's economy of scale and so it's like we're not at volumes that just like any business you got to hit volumes and sales and targets and things like that to say in say in operations and um there's a lot of communities that we're not there yet and instead of just saying like oh sorry we tried like move on it's like hey what's next like mm -hmm. how do we what do we need to change what do we need to do and, and working with our community partners to, to overcome those those unique challenges to each location to be able to get there and coming up with unique solutions for each one and and um, and what that looks like over time and so 
that's kind of the approach that we're taking. And so it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to solve problems when you're not the only one working on it. Yeah. It's very true. Is there anything that you wanted to add to challenges or tensions that you face? No. Our no. lack of capacity to come out to Sisica on a regular <laughs> yeah, basis. <seriously. laughs> no, no. When it. are you going to build another truck? Bus. We need it stopped. Yeah. We need that bus. You're um, going to have protesters soon outside totally. your office door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're coming. They're yeah. coming. Let's be real. <laughs> it's coming. We're, 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 uh, it's, that's it. the learning of just building an organization. Yeah. Right? And so, um, I mean, we went from outside of the founders and myself, we had one staff member. January 2019 mm-hmm. and then we had our team like year wrap-up party kind of thing and I was looking I was like we have like currently including our founders and and our, our whole team size is now like 15 mm-hmm. and it was four yeah so it's like three founders and like one staff mm-hmm. at the beginning of 2019 yeah at the beginning of 2019 2020 it's three founders and um yeah like 12 other people Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is insane. That's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, as we're wrapping up our conversation here, uh, we like to think about the future and what you're hopeful for. So take a minute, think about uh, what you're most hopeful for in the future years to come. And you can do that in even just within this next year of 2020, or if you want to think long term as your ideal future for the world and for the world of food security and all that. Oh man, yep. I think we all have big dreams around food security. I know that like in the First Nations population, the majority, it's like 48% of people are around the, in between like 15 and it's a very young population. I shouldn't exactly quote stats here that I'm not 100% on. But <laughs> we I'm can do hopeful. a fact check. Yeah, 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 seriously. Um, but I'm really hopeful for the youth that are coming into this nation. They all actually really, I think are start, they do all care about their wellness and health and well-being mm-hmm. and nutrition is a really critical part of that and I think we are thinking of innovative ways and like kind of pulling away from this government funded uh need okay here's my check okay now what can I do with it mm-hmm. but like really being self-sustaining and I think by having this Fresh Roots mobile market come in it's really ignited this um I guess like as an outsider this understanding that you know it's not about, and this was my ignorance to it, is it's not about people not wanting to eat healthy, it's that they don't have the access to and, I, and starting to see this change and this growth and yeah, I mean, we just need to get people mm-hmm. good food mm-hmm. with dignity. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the access part, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think one of our best uh, or one of my favorite parts of, I mean, so much of what Leslie said in our SVP thing was amazing. And we should just uh, cut to an audio clip. <laughs> so I'll so send rude. you the audio clip. And you just cut to audio, like Leslie's pitch. Perfect. Um, at this point. Uh, but uh, one of the one of the lines that I think we was like a key line for us is that when you look at, uh, like, what does this all lead to? Like, one of the things that you can track or one of the issues that we're seeing across every community is a, this, like, steep rise in preventable diseases. Um, so around uh, a lot of it being around health, a lot of it being what you eat and how much you move. Um, and so it's, um, you know, and when you look at these things, so it's like hypertension, diabetes, um, like heart disease, uh, di- uh, cholesterol, like high cholesterol, like all these different preventable diseases. Mm-hmm. It's what we're spending the predominant portion of our healthcare budget on now. Um, and, and it would be one of the like major incomes. We want to see decreases in that. We want to see communities have healthier relationships with food. Um, in terms of what we want to see, 
Um, but I th- I th- but when you look at the the stats around it, it's like you take you know not only are we seeing epidemics in everyday communities, but the, like marginalized populations are disproportionately affected by them. So mm-hmm. you take a rate of diabetes in in any community, it's six times higher on First Nations communities. Wow. Um, you know, so th- it's like and so you're just seeing and so First Nations communities is a great place for us to work because it's just it's just these problems that we're seeing across every every community mm-hmm. um, are just highly exacerbated and, and disproportionate in, in First Nations. Um, and so one of the uh, lines that was Leslie's part in our pitch was that you know these we're seeing these challenges not because of personal choices but because of broken food systems. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a prejudice in there where it's like, oh, they're facing those problems because of some racial you know some mm-hmm. racist reason. Um, when it's when you look into it, that's not the case. It's like if your only food options are a gas station and a subway, and you're living mm-hmm. within these these parameters of living on this community. Um, you know, there is no choice, mm-hmm. right? There is one choice, and it's not a great one. And so, just improving choice and improving opportunity, mm-hmm. um, and and just playing a role in that. And, and so, I mean, Fresh Roots' answer is that like everybody has access to healthy and affordable food in a dignified way. That's mm-hmm. that's what we want to see, but that plays a bigger picture in communities having uh, a healthy relationship with food, which benefits everybody. So we can, you know, reduce health care spending on preventable diseases because it's not the cancers and the surgeries and the broken bones that we're spending all of our money on. It's mm-hmm. it's um, we're, treat, we're we're treating preventable diseases, and so we're, mm-hmm. we're not investing in preventative measures. Um, and so, as a community, we need to invest in that and. And so instead of just treating symptoms, like address some of these, mm-hmm. the re- as Jared Bluestein would say, <laughs> got to move the table. <laughs> Can't just keep getting cut by it. Yeah. So, um, so what it takes to, to, to solve these problems in a long-term solution yeah. um, and not just do that. So that's what we're looking towards, yeah. forward towards. And, and just the, the creativity and the investment from our community partners and what, and what they can do with a very basic service. Mm-hmm to create like really meaningful impact. Like our service is pretty simple, mm-hmm. but then they take it and they make it something cool. So yeah, that's what's the, the best part of this job. Amazing. I'm very much looking forward to the future that both of you just talked about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you both for, well, thank you very much. Yeah. for sitting down with awesome. me this morning yeah. and having a fabulous conversation about fresh roots and the different areas that you guys are working within and affecting. So thank Absolutely. you both. It's totally awesome. Yeah, thank Wonder you for having things. us. Thanks for for sharing the stories of amazing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Happy to do it. It's my pleasure. I, should I feel very that. honored. Appreciate the work that people do. Is is that um, in addition to doing the work that we can do personally, one of my own goals is to is to try to like kind of like pull that veil back a little bit and say, look, this is what it takes. This is what you need to do, and mm-hmm. and kind of support and help as many people that want to do similar projects as possible. And and so just, I mean. Somewhere along the line, I heard somebody do a podcast about something, and I was like, man, I want to do that kind of work or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it might be. And so um, it's really important to share the stories, and, mm-hmm. and it's not always glamorous, but there are a lot of upsides to it, um, and, it and that everybody should try and do this kind of work because it's really fun, and mm-hmm. it's, uh, uh, you get to meet amazing people along the way. So really appreciate anybody who's trying to encourage other people to, to get into this world and to try to make the, you know, do community work is, is, um, is amazing. So thank Mm -hmm. you. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. I feel very honored to interview such wonderful guests every time. So thank you both. Very cool. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to hit the scary red unrecord button. Here we go.
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pause. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge that the conversation you heard today was recorded on Treaty 7 territory, a land steeped in ceremony and history that until relatively recently was used exclusively by Indigenous peoples. We acknowledge the past, present, and future generations of Stony Nakoda, Blackfoot, and Tsitsina nations, as well as the Métis nations who have traditionally gathered in and cared for this place. We recorded this episode at Work Nicer Red Mile in Calgary, and we thank them for allowing us to use their wonderful recording space. This episode was produced by Alberta Social Innovation Connect, or ABC Connect. You can learn more about our network, find our newsletter, and get inspired by and connected to other Albertan changemakers by visiting our website, www.absiconnect.ca. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us out by sharing it with a friend and rating us on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. We'd also love to hear your feedback and reflections on this show and your ideas for future episodes. Our funding partner is the Suncor Energy Foundation. This episode was recorded and edited by Elise Martinowski of Absi Connect. Theme music was created by the Fort McMurray Youth of the Soundforce Collective. <laughs>